0: Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast, I'm Nick Drago. We have an action-packed episode today as we talk about the Celtics-Thunder matchup from Saturday. MLB action is back and baseball has never been better. Plus, we discussed the last weekend of the NCAA tournament. Sit back and relax because sports, sports, sports is next. Caw-caw! And welcome back. As mentioned, I'm Nick Drago, host of this fine program, and I want to wish you all a happy non-denominational spring holiday. I hope you receive a visit from your animal or spirit of choice. It could be some form of bunny, or it could be a sloth. For those of you new to sports, 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 I'm here to provide you with sports news and not sports opinion. I'm also here to have fun and love to hear from my fans, so if there's anything you want to weigh in on, email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Now before we begin today, I have some special news. Starting this week, I will be moving to the land of cheesesteaks, mummers, and Nick Foles Super Bowl ring, that being Philadelphia. My career outside of sports has given me a great opportunity, and I couldn't pass it up. Now while I don't believe this will affect our program, it does add an interesting layer to the show for those living in Or around the Philly area, please feel free to reach out and I would love to have you on the program. Today we're going to start our episode with some NBA talk. The playoffs are rapidly approaching and what a great time for two of the top teams to play. I'm talking, of course, about the Raptors and Celtics, who have been battling for the number one slot all season. These two teams kept it close the entire game. In fact, they had identical points in the second and third quarter. Entering the third, though, Boston just took off with a 20-7 run, getting them the W, final score being 110-99. Brad Stevens of the Celtics has been willing his team to victory, even without his top player, Kyrie Irving. This leaves the Celtics two points behind the Raptors for first place, the rest of the East shaping up like this. Bit of a logjam right now with the Cavaliers, 76ers, and Pacers all within one win of third place uh, with Philly on a 10-game winning streak. All five of those teams have already clinched playoff spots, Wizards saying in sixth for now, but the Bucks aren't far behind and Miami is just a half game behind them. Pistons are outside the playoff bubble and three games behind, leaving them unlikely to catch up. Now, taking a peek at the West, we see the Rockets remain on top. Warriors now seven games back, but holding a strong second-place lead. Trailblazers will likely stay at third. Spurs, Timberwolves, and Thunder, all within a half game of each other for fourth. Jazz and Pelicans are tied for seventh and the final playoff spot. Clippers and Nuggets then sit in a great spot, just two games from contention. And with two more weeks until the NBA playoffs begin, a lot can change. Now... I don't have a crystal ball, but if I did, I would tell you exactly where LeBron James will be heading. The sport's most dramatic and franchise-changing athlete will be taking his talents down to, well, somewhere in the coming months. Every week, the rumors change. Last week, it was Houston, and many of our fans rode in and seemed to point to L.A., but my current favorite apparently is Philly. LeBron James and Ben Simmons have a fondly close relationship and do a lot of camps together. With the Eastern Conference being significantly weaker than the West, it makes sense for LeBron to go to the city of brotherly love. With all that young talent, a lot of cap space, and already a playoff team without him, LeBron has the power to make anyone a contender. Why not make a contender even better? He's already won three championships with two different teams. Maybe Philly will be the third. And speaking of the 76ers, they are definitely good once again. Phillies on their way to reaching the playoffs for the first time since 2012. The fans have endured quote-unquote the process for years, waiting for this team to acquire enough draft picks and talent to make it this far. Unfortunately, they were stuck with some grim news Wednesday after Joel Embiid was taken off the court following a collision with teammate Markel Fultz. Embiid was in the middle of what would have been his first healthy NBA season, but now it looks as though the 76ers superstar will be having surgery and could be out two to four weeks. Philly's already clicked to playoff spots, so with the regular season ending in two weeks, he can return either just in time for the first round, or just in time for round two, depending on how they fare without him. Duel is a major piece of this team's mojo, so losing him for four weeks could be the nail in the coffin, although personally, I'd love to see him and his soon-to-be face mask, face mask destroy whoever they wound up facing in round one. Shifting gears now to the most thrilling sport in the world, I'm talking, of course, about golf. One of our four greatest one of the four biggest tournaments is occurring this weekend, that being the Masters. And for those new to golf, this tournament is 83 years old and is played every year in Augusta, Georgia. Here are the odds uh, for the top players seeking the famed Green Jacket that they will receive upon victory. Right now, Tiger Woods is tied with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas at 10 to 1 odds. McElroy at 12 to 1 after his victory at the Almer, Almer, Arnold Palmer two weeks ago. And he's tied with Justin Rose and Justin Johnson. We have Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson, Jason Day at 16-1. And, and rounding out the notables is Ricky Fowler and John Ram at 18-1. Other reports I've seen have also had Tiger McIlroy tied for the top spot. All of them, oh, have Tiger at number one. So, shocker, of course we can't talk about golf without mentioning its most famous player. Tiger Woods has not had a large presence in the sport for almost a decade. But here he is after years of heartbreak, looking to bounce back into relevance. Relevance. We talked a lot two weeks ago about his results at the Valspar and Arnold Palmer tournaments where he looked back to his old self and of course with odd maker, odds makers pacing him at first to win the Masters. He's only four wins away from tying Jack Nicklaus, so perhaps there is time. All right, friends, time to take a quick break. But upon our return, we get into the winners from opening day weekend, our NHL game of the week, and that's the Panthers and Bruins. And, of course, we recap the final four matchups. Yippee-ki-yay, friends. Sports, sports, sports. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Nick Drago, executive producer and host of Sports, Sports, Sports. As you can see, we don't have anyone to fill our current ad space, which is a real shame. If you have some kind of advertisement you want on the air, contact me directly at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. At this point, we will literally include anything you want on the air within reason. And since we don't have a large number of subscribers, I'm willing to do it for free. So remember, that email again is sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Contact us for more, and let's get back to the show. Okay, so in case you missed out on baseball this weekend, pay attention because America's pastime is back. No more spring training, no more stories about prospects I don't care about, and no more winter weather. Seriously, Mother Nature, I'm ready for spring. Easter, of course, being a perfect weekend to enjoy some baseball. I was particularly interested in watching the Braves crush Philly 15-2 on Saturday. Oof. And oh my gosh, what about the Boston and Tampa series? I miss the sport so much. So here comes the winners from the first week of matches. Yankees and Blue Jays split their four game series. That Boston team outpowered the race three to four. Orioles lose a rubber match game versus Minnesota. That was on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the White Sox—they're looking good against the Royals, but the sweep will have to wait after their last game was postponed. Indians and Mariners—now this has been a close series with Seattle taking it. Tigers and Padres had, have had a mostly rained-out series with one interesting game that we'll discuss in our program. Houston and Texas were going back and forth, but overall, Houston's looking good once again. Angels look pretty good, stopping Oakland three of four. National sweep the Reds. Mets are good again, possibly after beating St. Louis. Braves and Phillies, that's been a fun series with Atlanta winning three of, I'm sorry, two of three. Cubs win two of four against the Marlins. Big shock there. Uh, Brewers, they swept the Padres um, and the Dodgers Giants. That's been interesting. Giants only won only had two runs in their three games, but still won two of that series. And lastly, the Diamondbacks. they've mostly outgunned the Rockies. So, it's a little early for this, but baseball is a game of numbers, and I'd hate it if we didn't talk about the current stats. So, Blackman and Davidson, they each have three home runs. Smoke is leading in RBIs at 8. For batting average, don't expect these numbers to stay high because, well, the season literally just started. But Eaton's currently leading with a .750. Altuve, the league leader for hits, lots of pitchers leading the ERA race with zero, but too soon to tell who will take the crown. Diaz, Duda, Lil' Kimbrel, and Strickland all have two saves thus far, Garrett Cole leading with 11 strikeouts, and of course, it's also too soon to tell who's going to have the most wins. And if you're a fan of the New York Yankees, you're probably pretty darn happy to see the Bronx Bronx Bombers add slugger Giancarlo Stanton to their ranks, and it really didn't take long for him to make an impact on the team. He hit his first Yankee home run off the Blue Jays in his first at-bat on his first pitch on the first day of the season. Legit, this guy loves hitting home runs like fat kids love eating cake. Then just for fun in the ninth inning of that game with the Yankees ahead 5-1, he decided, why not just hit another one? Stanton then went on to be a constant producer in the game since. Thus far, his stats look like this. Two homers, four ribbies, and a three-three-three batting average. And of course, millions of adoring fans in the Bronx. If you're a Tigers fan... You and Ron Gardenhire are PO'd. During their opening game against Pittsburgh, it was the 10th inning with two outs and Nick Castellanos on second. Jacoby Jones hit a beautiful-looking line drive to left field, giving Castellanos time to round the bases and beat out the throw to barely make it home safely and win the game for the Tigers 11-10. Or at least that's what everybody saw. Apparently, after a three-minute review session, the umpires overturned the call. Now, none of the replays shown had a clear shot of Pirates catcher Francisco Cervelli tagging Castellanos, thus prompting Gardenhire, the Tigers manager, to flip out and be thrown from the game. Tigers then went to lose 13-10 in the 13th inning. Now, four days later, Gardenhire is still salty about it, and the Tigers are requesting the video used to overturn the call. This is bad news for the review process, which has been kind of a touchy subject for years now. So no, no more from uh, America's pastime. Let's head over to Canada's pastime. That's ice hockey. Playoffs are coming quick, and the Florida Panthers are running out of time to secure a wild card ticket. They faced off against division rival Boston this past weekend. That score was 5 to one with the Bruins coming out on top. Jake Debrusque scored twice in his first game in over two weeks. Plus, David Krejci had three assists. Bruins take those two points to continue their fight for first place with the Lightning, and the Panthers, well, they just sit right outside of playoff contention. Looking at the West Coast, the big game this weekend was the Golden Knights and the Sharks. Both teams are strong contenders for the Stanley Cup. The Knights begin the game by retiring the number 58 as a way to honor the 58 lives lost in the Vegas shooting on October 1st. This was a back-and-forth matchup throughout the first two periods, but eight minutes into the third... William Carlson of the Las Vegas Black Knights scored a highly rewatchable goal. Definitely worth your time to look up. This gives Vegas the win over San Jose and locks off the Pacific Division very nicely. And I apologize. I said Black Knights. It should be the Golden Knights. Standings look like this. Currently, we race towards the finish in the central. Predators remain number one, followed by the Jets and Wilds. St. Louis, meanwhile, is forcing their way into the second wild card slot. For the Pacific, we already know Vegas is the top dog. They have San Jose right behind them and the Kings in third. The other wild card slot goes to the Anaheim Ducks, who are flying together ahead of Colorado. Both of them play a late one tonight, so the order might be a little different by this morning. The Avalanche currently gunning for the other slot, but sitting outside the bubble. Looking at the Atlantic, Bruins and Lightning, they've been back and forth as mentioned earlier. Currently, Boston is at number one and Tampa and the Maple Leafs, they're right behind them. In the Atlantic, Washington is playing a late one tonight against Pittsburgh. They could crack 100 uh, as of this recording, but the score looks to be in Washington's favor. It's 2 to nothing right now. Penguins now sit one point behind Columbus, they're in third, and the Flyers in the first wildcard spot with New Jersey taking the second. We'll have to wait one week to find out the playoff scenarios, but of course it leaves us with some fun matchups. So right now at this moment, in the East, we'd have Beantown taking on the Devils, the Hot Meets Cold series as we see Lightning and the Maple Leafs go at it, the I-95 series between Washington and Philly, which is highly anticipated three-hour drive series between Columbus and Pittsburgh. For the West, it could be Sin City, as we see LA and Vegas. Sharks and Kings, the Pacific Highway matchup. And then the Battle of, um, I'm not really sure, Nashville and Colorado. Flatman, flatlands meet mountains, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, it's a good matchup. Lastly, the ice war between Minnesota and Winnipeg, NHL playoffs, are literally, they're one week away. We're getting close, so be ready, because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this in our next episode. And two weeks ago, we talked about the hype surrounding the idea of the NHL returning to Seattle. It's been over 100 years since the Seattle Metropolitans became the first American-based club to win the Stanley Cup. If the NHL does accept this bid, the next question will be, what should they name the team? Names that have surfaced recently include the Thunderbirds, Americans, Bombers, Metropolitans, Rainers, Krakens, and Emeralds. But Governor James Inslee may have let it slip that the plan would be to name the team the Totems in a statement he made to the press last weekend. Now, he may very well have been referring to the Western Hockey League Seattle Totems, which played in the city from 1944 to 1974, or he may have accidentally let the cat out of the bag. The team wouldn't be ready to play until next season, or I'm sorry, the season after next. So regardless, we have some time before the totems take the ice. For you fans out there, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what name they should choose for this Seattle franchise. So contact us with your choice at sports 3 xpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll talk about the results in the next episode. Now, imagine this. You're in the stands at your favorite sporting event. Let's say it's hockey. During the game, all the team's players in one position, let's say goalie, are injured and the team calls you to step in and fill the void. This is the life of Scott Foster. Scott is an accountant by day and emergency goaltender by night. His job is to show up at arenas, enjoy some free food, but should be ready to step into the ice if either team suddenly loses all of their goaltenders during the game. He did just that for the Blackhawks on Thursday night. Before the game even started, Hawks goalie Anton Forsberg was injured in practice, leaving only one other player on the team's roster, that being Colin Delia, thus prompting them to sign our friend Scott Foster, as the emergency backup. Usually an NHL team will carry two goaltenders at a time. Scott then went on to play an inspiring 15 minutes of shutout hockey, blocking seven shots from the Winnipeg Jets, who are one of the better teams in the league. And for those of you at home saying, yeah that's no big deal, well, you should know that Scott is 36 years old and has not played competitive hockey in over 10 years. He last suited up for the Western Michigan University uh, College, Um, in 2005, and currently plays in a few beer leagues, but has never come anywhere close to facing a young and hungry NHL-quality team. So the fact that he shuts out the Jets is huge. Scott deserves a special salute from the Blackhawks, their fans, and just about every hockey player that's ever dreamed of playing for a professional franchise. All right, well, that ends our program. Ha! Just kidding, one of those little April Fool things. You know how it goes. So, still to come, we got the final four matchups from this weekend. We're going to talk about our, all the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, my favorite part of this podcast where I give my special thanks. So, don't you fret, friends, because sports, sports, sports. We'll be right back. I'm Nick Drago again. It looks as though none of you have contacted me yet to advertise through our podcast. Should I say this again? Sports 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 is literally offering free advertising as we work to build up our viewership. I don't care if my mom's the only one who listens to this podcast. I need to have something present during these breaks and I'll advertise anything within reason. So if you or a friend would like to have your advertisement present on our show, please contact me at sports 3 at gmail.com. I'll be waiting patiently at my computer. And welcome back. My goodness, it has been a thrilling tournament this year. 68 teams entered and now only two remain. We watched UMBC upset Virginia. Sister Jean and the will of God compel Loyola to the final four. And now we get to see two of the most dominant teams in the tournament face off in the championship. Those two teams are Michigan and Villanova. Now, first off, I should say that my fiance once again outclassed me in the bracket challenge as she is one of the 2.4% of folks that picked this as the championship matchup. Looking at how they got here, Michigan is currently on a 13-game winning streak after losing to Northwestern on February 6th. Their current wins include powerhouse teams like Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Purdue that was on their way to winning the Big Ten championship. Then they faced off against Montana, barely beat Houston on a last second bucket, Texas A&M, Florida State, and most recently Loyola. On the big stage. They barely got away with a few victories and looked resilient throughout the tournament. Villanova, meanwhile, has been the most dominant team in this tournament. They lost to Cretan on February 24th, but since then toppled Seton Hall, Georgia, I'm sorry, Georgetown, Marquette, Butler, and Providence while winning the Big East Championships. Then, in the tournament, they made Radford and Alabama look like kids playing a man's game, came out battered and bruised against West Virginia, and then cruised past Texas Tech and Kansas. It's no secret here that Monday night will be a face off between the NCAA's strongest team and its hottest team. Our fan poll from last week predicted Villanova being the eventual champion, uh, where Nova. <clears throat> Were Nova to win it, it would be their second in three years—a rare feat in this sport—and for Michigan, it would be their first victory since 1989. Also, it's important to note that there is a bit of a curse surrounding Big Ten teams. Michigan State was the last team to win from this conference—that was in 20—I'm sorry, 2000—and since then, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Wisconsin have made it to the title game and fallen short. Michigan, in particular, has lost five finals. Uh, 65, 76, 92, 93, and 2013, their most recent. Another loss would tie them with Duke and Kansas for the most all-time in the finals. Okay, so our Athlete of the Week for this week is the young goal scorer in Toronto, Austin Matthews. The 20-year-old Maple Leaf star has been in the league for almost two full seasons now and has accumulated over 120 points and 70 goals. The American-born is a California native growing up in San Ramon, Uh, He was selected by Toronto, number one overall in the 2016 draft. And boy, howdy, did they luck out with this guy. The Maple Leafs went from basement dwellers to playoff contenders in just one season. With the playoffs beginning next week, Toronto seeks their first Stanley Cup since 1967 and Canada's first since Montreal won it in 93. Now, let's take a break from sports and answer some sports questions from my fans. Joshua Wise from Jacksonville, Florida wants to know if his hometown Jaguars can repeat last year's success. I say yes, my friend. They need a QB, uh, sorry, a backup QB and maybe another lineman. Plus, they play in a particularly soft division. So no, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the AFC title game. But you might have to wait a little longer for a Super Bowl. For those out there who want to submit questions... About sports, myself, or just about anything else? Send us an email at sports 3 xpodcast at gmail.com. Favorite comment of the week comes directly from my own mom, who officially becomes our first ever YouTube commenter, as she congratulates me on yet another successful show. Plus, the young gun Jamie Grum reports that he has currently gone from watching zero sports to watching the Penguins and Flyers overtime matchup from last Saturday. He liked it. So there you go. Sports, sports, sports attracts sports and non-sports fans alike. Now this is the perfect listen. As we have, and as usual, we have a slew of special thanks. First goes to my own fiance and part-time producer of this podcast, Joanna Albert. She's also the visionary behind our logo. We also can't forget the music for this podcast is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. Uh, thanks to my mom and future in laws, Lori Drago, Mary Kay Albert, and Gary Albert for sharing us on Facebook. Thanks to Joshua Wise, who wrote in with a question about the Jaguars. Remember, you can do the same by emailing us at sports3xpodcastgmail.com. Plus, some other fans of the show include my favorite sister, Dean Breslin, Jason Kuntz, Diamond Joe Calabro, future aunt in law, Lois Butler, of course, and Christina Rhines. Anyone else who'd like to be mentioned or have a special comment they want to share? Again, let us know. I'm looking for people who want to be on the Cot Podcast, people who want to comment on the podcast, sports 3 Podcast at gmail.com. Upcoming games for the week include Raptors-Cavs, that's on Tuesday, Warriors-Thunder Wednesday. NHL season wraps up this week with the Bruins-Lightning Tuesday and potential first-round matchup Penguins and Blue Jackets playing Thursday. For baseball, you have the Mets and Phillies. That's a fun one this week, as well as Cardinals Brewers, plus the Masters over the weekend. So don't forget, like, comment, share, tell your friends, put up a big sign on your shirts, and can someone please get Andrew Luck back on the football field? You can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and of course, Google Play. Don't forget to contact us via email at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to peace out, friends. Remember, I'm Nick Drago, and you have a nice day.